Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to an all new fun filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakimi. You with me, I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch our other six live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. So make sure you do. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can catch the audio version of this program second city sports by subscribing to our podcast at war on anchor we're available on all podcast platforms including the iheart radio app make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms you ready w-a-r-r on anchor and you can follow war media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube at w-a-r-r media once again at war media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube thank you very much in advance for your support like share subscribe and tell your friends we are unapologetically fun, and we have very different opinions. If you have an opinion of any of our topics doing our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I'm giving Lakina football to give you fools to Bill and Beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> Look at let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing Chicago baseball. Let's head to the south side first. The White Sox lose three or four to the New York Yankees over the weekend. Yesterday, Michael Kopech got his teeth kicked in for that third inning. He settled down after that as the Yankees uh, took the finale on the south side by the score of five to one. The Yankees outscored the White Sox for the majority of their series. The White Sox the night before on Saturday. Uh, uh, took uh, one of the only game of that series by the score of three to two, thanks to Lou Bob, aka La Pantera, Luis Roberts, a uh, RBI uh, single in the ninth inning, scoring Tim Anderson. Lakina, a couple of things that, that I learned from this series this weekend: the Yankees are that damn good. Number two, the White Sox, uh, despite the injuries and inconsistencies with their offense, they still have a, a, a miles to go. And number two, Joe Kelly almost gave it away on Saturday. But we remember, folks, he's only been up here a week, so give him a little bit more time. And number three, I'm usually not on the TRT 
TRL. Good grief. Tony LaRusso train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I was thinking about music. Maybe we'll reference. get in there later. Yeah, maybe we'll get in there later. But uh, I'm not usually on the Tony LaRusso uh, bandwagon of bashing him just because, but yours truly has an issue with him. We'll we'll discuss. We'll discuss. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that uh well I, I think that series was a, just a wild series for the White Sox, unfortunately. And look, the like the Yankees are like one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. So it's not there's really no shame in the fact that you lose, you know, three out of four, but you know, two out of three, I should say. But uh at the same time though, I think you saw a little bit of remnants there. I mean, you know, the Kopech looked really good yesterday. Unfortunately, you know, the Sox bats kind of let him down and everything else is sort of just, you know, kind of twofold. I mean, you got, you know, you probably should have been swept if not, you know, Joe Kelly had not you know, almost blown that save, but you know, it is what it is. And you, you, you look, you just take, take the lumps, you know, from that Yankee series. Yeah. Look, you were able to win a game, you survived. And now you have a pretty, you know, interesting uh, week, week this week. So, it's you know you're at Kansas City. We'll get to some news about them in the uh, in the second. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have like some of the other series. You know, other series you have you got to go to you, you face the Yankees again this time in New York this weekend. So that's going to be a whole another thing. So yeah, so you're going to be seeing the Yankees a lot these next couple of weeks. And look, if you're the White Sox, I mean you just got to try to take one series at a time and try to kind of inch over in that lead in the AL Central. You're lucky. The White Sox are lucky. They're one game under 500 in number two there in the AL Central. I know we know what the Tigers did over the weekend. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But the, the White Sox, they're still in a good position to get on that good run. We saw this around this time last year, and they took off, and they never looked back. This year is going to be a little bit different, but uh, but the White Sox still have a good enough team to to have to perhaps make a run. And I expect them to do that here. Now, as far as my um, Tony LaRusso rant on Saturday night. I know he took out Dallas Keigel after uh, after the um, fifth inning, and mm-hmm. Dallas Keigel has been pitching his you know what off these last two last three starts, I should say. And so, he, as of right now, Dallas Keigel has earned a spot in this rotation and on this roster overall. He brought in Kendall Graveman for two innings on Saturday. Graveman mm-hmm. did a great job. He's been almost lights out all year, except for a couple of hiccups here and there. But then. Tony LaRusso brought in Joe Kelly in in the eighth inning. Cannot get an out, and thus bringing in your closer, Liam Hendricks, as for a five-out save. Now, I know uh, Hendricks did it a couple of times last year, but I don't want to depend on him to do that all the time. Now, yeah, well, go ahead, sir. Sorry. N- now, Liam Hendricks is a gamer. Yes, he is, but I don't want to uh, – I know LaRusso was trying to win that game on Saturday, in which the White Sox did despite – uh, his managerial style, but bringing in Liam Hendricks to for a five-out save, uh, I, I strongly disagree with that. I know Hendricks eventually gave it up in the ninth inning, but uh, Joe Kelly doesn't have it right now. I, I, I will use him in, I'm not going to say mental relief, but you may have to still do that at this point. We'll see what happens, how uh, Lou Russo uses him going forward because he still is trying to get his timing back. He's trying to get his conditioning back. So I wouldn't use him in pressure situations yet, but Lou Russo threw him in there in the fire and Kelly failed. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that Joe Kelly was a waste of money. He just got on the club last week. So I'm not going to go that far, but in some of the lineups too, uh, I'm not going to go in on him as much, but you kind of want to shake your head 
but uh, I really had a problem with his with his uh, management of that bullpen. It still looks great on paper. Actually, we talked about this before, Lakina. The bullpen for the White Sox has been one of their strengths so far this season mm -hmm. uh, with the lack of offensive consistency. Yeah, and I think that's just a problem for the Sox. I think the fact that there is no consistency on offense. I mean, they scored. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where, look, every time they try to get the you – know, to try to maybe have a rhythm, go rhythm going, the Yankees defense, the Yankees pitching kind of just shut the door on whatever run they try to get together. Now they did hold the Yankees to, you know, I know they got they gave up ten runs in that that Friday on Friday. Then they only gave up two. They were to win that game with three. <laughs> and yesterday, it's sort of interesting too because you know Kopech was pitching very well. Now, unfortunately, like I said, the the Sox offense, you know, kind of you know didn't have it for him to help him out. And it's sort of one of those things where. Everything has to kind of, you know, click together. It, you you can't afford to have, especially if you're trying to go far in the AL Central, even far, you know, further than that in the AL. You can't, you know, depend on hope that your pitching is good and then the, the you know, the, 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 it can pick, it pick up the slack from the hitting or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be cohesive. So, unfortunately, so far this year, it hasn't been the case for the Sox, and that's where the inconsistency come in on both, you know, the, the hitting especially. And speaking of Michael Kopech's start yesterday, it's, uh, uh, I heard kind of um, our guy Jason Palmer talk about this on Sean and Maya's show earlier today. We we saw this with Dylan Cease a couple years ago. We saw this with Renato Lopez a few years ago. When they had that one bad inning, they let that carry over to the next inning before uh, they settled down. I saw that with Michael Kopech yesterday after the Yankees scored those three runs off those two walks. They, only, they scored five runs off of two uh, two hits in total in yesterday's game, but that one bad inning, which was the deciding factor in the game, I thought it was all mental with Michael Kopech, especially after he walked that first bat batter, Aaron Hicks, off the 3-2 count. Uh, I, I said out loud on the TV, I, I said, uh, it's all in, in, in Kopech's head. He, he has to get past it somehow. You you saw that he didn't. He eventually did the, the following innings, but that third inning was just terrible yesterday. So do I blame Kopech solely for yesterday's loss no it, 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 he's part of it but it's more about the offense yesterday I just wanted to point out that uh, Kopech really struggled that third inning yesterday it was, it was all, he has the mechanics but it's all mental for him at this point and I think that's going to be the thing if he kind of keep up with that consistency like I said the only thing is is that the hit the pit the hitting for the Sox have to kind of pick up you know the slack for him yeah. whenever he does have a good start and unfortunately that that just wasn't it yesterday so We'll see what happens. I mean, like you said, I mean, luckily for the Sox, they are in the AL Central and no one's running away with it right now. So they do, they do have time mm -hmm. to kind of get back into it, but it, they're going to have to sort of you know, put it in a run together because it'd be consistent. So that's the only thing. Now let's go to the north side with the Cubs. The Cubs win two out of three against the Diamondbacks. And they probably should have won. They probably maybe should have you know, swept, but because you know, they mm -hmm. blew a couple – they blew that uh, lead on Friday's game that you, if you, you saw, you saw it on Apple TV Plus, unfortunately. But look, they got you know a solid outing. Um, you know, Frank Schwindel had to go ahead hit to take the series. The pitching mm -hmm. actually stepped up pretty well. They actually kind of kept you know, the Diamond Bats, you know, at bay for the most part of the. Uh, Cal Hendricks too. He's yeah, starting to show some consistency. Yeah, yeah when his last really starts. Yeah, he was really consistent on Saturday. So, you know, I, I think if you're the uh, if you're the Cubs. I feel like, look, you did what you're supposed to. You win two out of three against a team that you're just a little bit better than. Maybe by, by not much, but you're still a little bit better than. And you did just that. So if you're you know, the, the Cubs, I think you got to feel pretty good about where you're at in that front. 
We talked about this team, Lakina, putting up runs in spurts, and they did that over the weekend against Arizona. I know they scored three runs on Friday, and they lost a mistake by them, cost them that game on Friday. But Saturday and Sunday's game, the long balls came out, mm-hmm. especially from Patrick Wisdom a couple of times, Rafael Ortega, and uh, and. The Cubs can hit with the best of them when they get focused. Right now, they just don't have uh, the uh, the names to have a, a a monster lineup. I know Wilson Contreras, who's been swinging a hot stick lately, has uh, had carried them over the last couple of weeks. But you're starting to see some of the young guys step up. As you mentioned, when Frank Schrindel had in the game-winning RBI in the ninth inning yesterday. Patrick, Patrick Wisdom. I know Nico Horner. That's going to be a huge loss for yeah, for the Cubs as he's IL going on next, on the IL because he's been one of yep. yeah he's he's been one of the uh, best surprises for this Cubs team this year. And let's not forget about the bullpen, Lakina. We talked about them at the beginning of the season. That was one of the few bright spots about the North Siders. Uh, they stepped up again to help out the starting pitching over the weekend. Roman Wick closed the game out yesterday for the Chicago Cubs. Don't overlook that bullpen. I'm not getting away to say that it's the best of baseball, but statistically they, they they've been pitching like like it lately. So the Cubs a successful road trip, taking two out of three at Arizona, two out of three at San Diego last week for a four and two record. I'm not saying they're going to go on a big run. I know they got the Pirates coming up this week, but and of course the Diamondbacks to get at home for the for this upcoming weekend. But uh, the Cubs looks like they're finally starting to turn around. Let's just see if they can keep up with that momentum. Well, and also, too, like you said, I mean, with their schedule coming up, I mean, you got the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. I know the Pirates, they, they lost their – they split their series, uh, their mini two-game series the last time they played. The Pirates mm-hmm. are starting to kind of, you know, get – you know, sort of you know, kind of fall back to earth a little bit. So you can probably get, you know, win a couple of those. You should be able to at least win two out of three against Arizona, too. You go four and two in a road trip. I mean, especially going two out of three against one of the best teams in the league, I think you got to be feeling pretty good if you're the Cubs. And, look, you know, baby stuff. That's all you can ask for at this point, but – like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see if the Cubs take, take advantage of the fact that they have like a kind of a light part of their schedule coming up, especially at home. So hopefully they can kind of take advantage of that. And Horner, you know, losing Horner for a couple of weeks, that's going to be a, you know, for the offense, it's going to be mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of a dent, but they've got the guys that can kind of try to pick up the slack if they, when they can. So we'll see what they can do this week. Now, what caught your attention in baseball this week? Speaking of the Pittsburgh Pirates, they win the game one nothing, but <laughs> there were no hit by the Cincinnati Reds. Go figure that out. Well, only Cincy, right? I mean, of course, yeah. this is sort of like rock bottom for them. And, it, and it's sort of I, – I saw this yesterday, and I was like, yep, they were going around. I'm like, wait, 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 huh? It's like rare yeah. that happens. It – I, I – Jesus, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I look. I'm, I'm, I'm just like at a loss for words right now. I mean, it, 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 it I, oof, gosh, I, oh, nah, I don't know. Uh, you know, the first <laughs> thing I thought about Lakina after I saw saw the highlights yesterday. Remember back uh, in 1990 at Old Comiskey Park, it was the New York mm-hmm. Yankees versus the White Sox. Uh, Andy Andrew Hawkins pitched a no hitter yes. for the for the New York Yankees. The Sox won that game, I believe, four nothing. They scored all four of their runs on errors, but uh, baseball decided to change the statistics the following year that uh, Andy Hawkins did not pitch an old hitter. I, I say, <laughs> I say that was the first thing that crossed my mind yesterday. If you're Hunter Green, you're saying you're, you, you're five walks. That's how they were able to mm-hmm. get that run was because it was yeah. a walk. It was a bases loaded walk. That's why how he gave up that gave up that uh, that earned run, and it was a no-hitter. He didn't give up any hits, but unfortunately, the Reds, of course, they couldn't pick up the slack. So if mm-hmm. you're him, you're feeling really bad right now because you're, you're like, wait, huh? 
what? Yeah. So it's just only Cincy, I guess. And you, you feel for all the Cincy fans. That's a historic franchise. And I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's hitting rock bottom, but it, it's pretty bad if you have a no hitter and you lose. So, yeah. you know, go figure. Yeah, um, shout out to our guy Vernon Fairley. Uh, he says Vernon. on Facebook, uh, depressing. Yeah, depressing Sox news. They lose yet again. Yeah, we mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, Vernon. But like, like we said before, they still have time to turn around. No, they're supposed to get a some some guys back in the next few weeks with Eloy Jimenez and hopefully Lance Lynn. So things should turn around. The schedule started will start again. They favor to a, a little bit. So and there you go about yours. <laughs> Depressing Sox news. That's just and breaking news. Oh, I know Jason Palmer, our guy. Uh, you put it up there earlier, like, you know, for those mm-hmm. that missed it, Johnny Cueto, who has been in Charlotte the past couple of weeks, he will start tonight for the White Sox uh, as they'll take on the Kansas City Wells, Royals. And Danny Mendek, the second baseman, has been optioned to AAA Charlotte. Yeah, so we'll see how what Cueto does. I know he's been pitching very well in Charlotte, so we'll see. Look, this is a potential, mm-hmm. you know, low-risk, high reward for the White Sox. You need somebody that can yeah. beat up innings in the back part of that rotation. So we'll see if he can do just – that now, uh, shout out to Shohei Otani who had another milestone. I mean, you know, more milestones for him. He has 100, 100 home run over the weekend as a batter, and he now has that plus 250k as a pitcher joining Babe Ruth, the only person to ever do that. He also is the only player born in, Jap- in Japan, besides you know, Suzuki and uh, Matsui, to reach 100 uh, home runs. So he hit that 100 home run over the weekend. So Definitely making the case for MVP again. We'll see. Yeah, but, the Angels uh, on fire already, sweeping Oakland yeah. four straight. Yeah, Oakland. Oof, oof, no. We won't talk about Oakland, but uh, <laughs> they're like, like they're like like five people there, so you know we won't even talk about them. But yeah, look, I think the Angels are looking pretty good. I'm like, are they for real? They look like they are. Now we'll see what happens if they can keep it up. They got a pretty tough schedule coming up, so we'll see if they can keep it up. Also, too, the Houston Astros, you mentioned the AL West race. Uh, they take two out of three in our nation's capital against the Washington Nationals. The Seattle Manors taking two out of three against the New York Mets. I had the chance to watch some of that game live yesterday. Uh, Pete Alonso striking out with the bases loaded. Not good. Mm, the Mets are still yeah. going to be there, but they had the opportunity to steal that game yesterday. They actually had to leave for a brief moment. Yeah, they did. Francisco Lindor hit a home a monster home run yesterday. Uh, the Seattle kept fighting back, but uh, but the Mets uh, failed to uh, execute with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. So Seattle takes two out of three in New York City against the Mets. Also to the Braves, uh, they lose two out of three to the um, San Diego Padres. They were the feature mm-hmm. game yesterday on Peacock. Did yes, you get did you, did you get a chance to catch any of that? I did. I watched a little bit of that, and uh, it was a wild game. <laughs> Um, you know, it was tied, but they got extras and, you know, it, they ended up, you know, the Padres ended up winning an 11, you know, taking that series. And it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of, it was very strange. <laughs> it, was, it was just weird things that happen. They usually happen in baseball. You got, you know, Padres got some breaks here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston Kim had a, you know, a, a one scoring RBI, you know, that, that, that kind of led that rally. And of course, uh, the Padres uh, would score a couple more after that. And it was you know, look, they the, the Braves have their chances. They really mm-hmm. did, and you know they they you know the you know, the Padres bullpen actually were able to slam the door, and that you know gave them the opening to you know take control and win the game. The reason why I asked that because I had it on in the background, I was waiting for the White Sox to come on, and I had to watch some other stuff from the previous day since I was at the Sox game on Saturday. But uh, 
it was a Jason Benet, who's the, uh, the lead voice for the Sunday MLB leadoff on Peacock. This week, he featured Mark Sweeney, analyst Mark Sweeney, and former Braves uh, young great Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones, yep. And they had some interesting conversations. I didn't stick with the whole game, uh, unfortunately, but I wonder, I, uh, I, I assume that, that this did not happen, but I wanted to. I, want, I was just curious to see if Jason Bernetti brought up, asked uh, Andrew Jones the question about why uh, Bobby Cox pulled him out. Remember that 1998 Kerry Wood versus yeah. Gray Maddox game? And mm -hmm. Andrew Jones uh, missed a couple of fly balls. He was loafing out in the outfield. And Bobby well, Cox, what? right in the middle of the game, came and yanked him out. Well, I wonder yeah, if Jason Bernetti asked him about that. My assumption yeah, was no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. He really didn't. Because I, I was okay. back and forth. Yeah, I was back and forth with some of the other stuff that was going on. So okay. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I was. I, if, if he did, uh, you know, I don't think it's it's sort. I don't know. I don't know if they, uh, he did. I, I don't think he did. But like I said, it, it was sort of like I was turning mm -hmm. back and forth from going back and forth from there to some of the other stuff that was on. So I don't think okay. he did. I'm sure, it would have been trending on Twitter if he did. So maybe that's probably the case. But uh, yeah. But look, a, a big look, a nice series of win by the Padres. So we'll see mm -hmm. what uh, happens there. Also, too, I know we're going up against it, but St. Louis. Uh, you know, beating the Giants to Sunday night baseball also, too. And uh, we saw, uh, take it two out of three, the Cardinals did. We saw a little bit of pitching from uh, Mr. Uh, Albert Pujols. <laughs> I thought my eyes were deceiving me. I was like, Albert Pujols pitching, you guys are up by double digits. <laughs> well, that's like, hey, that's what you do during that situation. They were up 15 <sighs> to 6. And look, Adam Ray White had a, a solid show. It didn't really have to do too much because, you know, of course, the Cardinals uh, hitting kind of picked up the slack. Uh, but, you know, when Ray Wright and Yadier Molina you know, start together, that's the they've now won two hundred and three games all time with those two uh when those two are in the lineup. That's the most team wins in MLB history by a starting, you know, starting batter and and pit you know starting a pit a batting uh tandem. So uh and also yeah of course you saw Pujols pitching for the first time in his two hundred two thousand nine hundred eighty eighth career game. That's his first time pitching. So go yeah. figure. Couple, yeah, a couple of the series of note. Tampa Bay takes two out of three from Toronto. Minnesota takes two out of three from the Cleveland Guardians. And the L.A. Dodgers, thank you, Gavin Lux. They avoided being swept by the Philadelphia oh. Phillies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the Dodgers fans would have been would have snapped if they did not at least take one of those games against the Phillies. Yeah. Look, give the Phillies credit. I mean, they were able to go. They came in, and look, they were a little bit of a slump, too. So winning two out of mm -hmm. three in Los Angeles against the Dodgers can only help with their confidence. So we'll see if they can kind of start a run going, going through some of the series real quick. Uh, the Yankees go to Baltimore. I'm sure they're going to want their revenge. That should be an interesting. Yeah. Uh, Seattle and Toronto battled the young teams. Toronto, I know they kind of had a little bit of a rush, rough weekend as well. Hopefully they can kind of get things going there. Uh, Houston and Boston. I know Boston, Boston. I know they've been like, oof, you don't know what to Think yeah. about that. Uh, St. Louis and the Mets. You know that should be a fun one at six ten tonight. Uh, Atlanta and Milwaukee. That's the first. That's the, the feature game on ESPN Plus. That's at six forty. Of course, Pirates and the Cubs. They get the Angels and the Rangers. The White Sox, of course, and KC start their uh, start their uh, their series tonight. Giants and uh, Colorado. I know Colorado got the best in the last time they played. Minnesota and Oakland. I wonder what's over and how many people are going to be there in Oakland to watch the game. Probably <laughs> seven. <laughs> maybe I'll, well, I'll be nice. I'll, you know, I'll be nice. Maybe like 12 or something. <laughs> and uh, the Dodgers will try to get back on track as they face Arizona. Of course, also Detroit and Tampa and uh, Washington and Miami. 
And don't forget the White Sox series at Kansas City. It's a five-game series. The doubleheader mm-hmm. tomorrow yep. is a makeup game from the uh, rescheduling due to the lockout. And so th- this was supposed to be the White Sox first road series, but of course it got um, it-, it got bumped back uh, due to the uh, the situation with the lockout. Other series are starting this week, uh, which will pick up tomorrow. Cincinnati at uh, at Cleveland, the Battle of Ohio, and also too you have the. San Diego Padres traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. And we have the Cardinals in the midst. I think you just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And we have the Anaheim Angels going down to Texas to take on the Rangers. So that's your series uh, preview, a series schedule for MLB for this upcoming week. Ooh, fun, fun series. It should, some of those series. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. with that. You know, a lot of things are moving around the MLB. So we'll get, we'll talk about it on Friday as well. Okay, so I know we're up against it, so we got to take a really quick break. You know, when we come back, we're going to talk some NBA and NBA playoffs. You know, two teams step up for game seven. Also, too, you know, all this about CP3. Now that's starting to kind of become the focus as well. Pat Bev has some interesting comments <laughs> this morning. If you guys didn't check that out, he was with a tour at ESPN. <laughs> also, too, um, concerns about Lonzo Ball's knee. Apparently, there are reports out there that the Bulls are a little concerned. Are we concerned as well? You know, we'll tell you if we are. Sydney Brown, Lakeena McGee, Second City Sports, uh, Sports Little Chicago, NBA talk coming up right after this. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. If you have a question or comment for us during our less than 90 minutes left in this extreme again, as we call a sports talk radio show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's transition into NBA playoff basketball we had two game sevens that took place yesterday we'll start off with the first game in the eastern conference in the second round the boston celtics will move on to play uh their 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 opponent in the eastern conference finals the miami heat the celtics got past uh, the defending champion milwaukee bucks yesterday by the score of 109 to 81 grant williams was the story for the boston celtics hitting a franchise record for a game seven for three pointers he hit seven out of 18 shots from beyond the arc to lead the team with 27 points. Jason Tatum uh, chipped in with 23. Jalen Brown had 19 uh, in the uh, also uh, contributing as a starting guard. Marcus Smart, RIP Tom Heisen, had 11 points in, in 10 assists. And so he distributed the ball very well. And you, you got... 14 points from Mr. Pritchard uh, coming off the bench. On the flip side for Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo had 25 points. Brooke Lopez had 15. Drew Holiday had 21. Bobby Bobby Portis had 10 points off the bench. But outside of that, Lakina, the Bucks could not hit the side of a barn if you asked them to. They really struggled from three-point range, and that was a big difference yesterday. Or on the flip side, uh, Grant Williams, and you just mentioned it, said I mean, he made seven threes in game seven, the third person mm-hmm. to do that, joining Steph and uh, Marcus Morris. And it was really sort of their kind of like their, their shooting that really that kind of propelled them. And mm-hmm. like Giannis, I know somebody, I know I've said that for the last couple of games, Giannis has not had a Giannis-like performance. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. he didn't have a Giannis-like performance yesterday. 10 for 26 from the field. Uh, one for four from three. So it was just, he just really didn't have it. And there were really, it really didn't sort of like, unfortunately for a lot of those Bucks, you know, role players, they picked the worst time to have their worst game of the season. Grayson Allen. I know our buddy Mac Peck's not a big fan of uh, Mr. Grayson Allen. Only had one point, <laughs> Mr. Allen. I know he's going to go, I know he's going to go at it the you know, next time that he and uh, Dave are on, uh, Big Dave are on, on CHGO. You guys can check that out too. Wesley Matthews only had three points as well. And that's, again, that's not going to help you. Bobby Portis had 10 points. You know, look, he was really the only one that was contributing. Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. you know, was hot early, but then, you know, kind of fell, fizzled out. So, unfortunately for the Bucks, I think I think the fact that I think fatigue maybe might have had something to do with it. Also, too, I think maybe, you know, the, you know, the sort of the kind of like the mentality of it. I think, you know, they were forcing a lot of those threes and, Look, you're four for four for three-three from three-point range, only a little over twelve percent in a game seven. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win game seven. Now, flip side for the uh, for the Celtics, this is going to be this is actually going to be their thirty-seventh Eastern Conference Final. Think about that, thirty-seventh Eastern Conference Final. That's about half of this. Look, the the, the NBA are celebrating seventy-five years. The Celtics, mm-hmm. have, the Celtics have appeared in half of the Eastern Conference Finals. Just something to think about. Uh, there on that front, forty uh, percent from three. The Celtics. They're speaking of that's a franchise record, and that's the most all time in a game seven. So mm. that's just amazing. Like you said, Grant Williams led the, led the way. You know, Tatum he kicked in some uh, some big shots when he, and also to Jalen Brown as well. Marcus Smart. 
uh, had 11, but also too made a couple of big steals. So that's, that propelled him in the win and uh Peyton Pritchard. Now that's a, now look, that's a name that I'm sure a lot of folks in college who was know if you're an Oregon fan, if you guys remember, he was all packed second team, all packed 12 and he kicked in with about 12 points. So he definitely helped them. It was a season high for him. 14 points. I should say that's a season high for him. So he definitely helped out. So it was really the, it was really boss's role players that definitely had a lot to do with where of Boston going back to another Eastern conference final. And this will be their fourth appearance in the Easter Conference Finals within the last six years, so congratulations to them. But back to yesterday's game, if you look at, look at the statistics, Milwaukee, uh, outside of the three-point shooting, basically dominated this the stats uh, board. But uh, the Boston Celtics played well as a team. Yesterday, you saw Grant Williams as an unsung hero. When you mm -hmm. share the ball and when you play together, uh, anything can happen. You saw that with Boston yesterday. Now, them winning game six on the road on Friday – uh, they, they they came together, especially in that fourth quarter, to shut Giannis and his teammates down, and they carried that momentum over to what happened yesterday in front of their home fans. So, as we talked about before, Boston's a very good defensive team, and we'll get into the series preview uh, against Miami in just a moment. But the, the Celtics really turned it around. After struggling for the first two months of the regular season, they turned it around mm -hmm. ever since the month of January it, uh, took place. And so, uh, give the new Coach Idoka, I remember him playing with the San Antonio Spurs mm -hmm. some years ago. Give him credit for uh, 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 having the belief in his guys and, and, and of course, uh, his team is, is sticking with his system, believing in his system is finally paying off. Yeah, and that definitely is starting to show. And I think they had their struggles earlier this year. I think they were mm -hmm. starting to get used to the system and how the defensive style of play. Now they are starting to kind of, you know, getting that defensive suffocating the you know, the box. And I think that's what really propelled in those last couple of games. So also to, of course, hitting big shots. So I think that's definitely helped them in that front. Now it's going to be very interesting though, if they can do that against a Miami team, again, we'll get to that in a second, but they split their series. There were some times when the Celtics defense was really good, but there were other games in the, the series where the heat defense was really good. So it's mm -hmm. definitely going to be the, uh, you know, the sort of similar styles, but also to the fact that the different ways they approach both the defense and the offensive side. So also two injuries can play a, play a factor as well. I know I know Robert Williams played a little, tried to play a little bit. It didn't help. I know uh, Kyle Lowry still struggling with that hamstring injury. They're not, you know, no world yet. I hope he'll be able to play tomorrow. But you know, they've had a little bit of a rest that he'd have. So we'll see if that kind of you know helps in that front and propels them there. Now going into that second game, oh, we got know we got a lot to say about this one. Um, <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, ooh, God, I don't know what happened last night. Uh, I was looking forward to this game. And Me I would too. Say, I like. I would think that maybe, maybe the Suns thought they were going to flip the switch and that maybe they would dominate the Mavs at home. Well, someone dominated somebody, all right, but it was the Mavs. Luca had 35 points, including 20. He actually, there was actually one point during the game, I think it was at halftime, where he had 27 points. That's about as much as the Suns scored in, uh, going the first, the first half. Really? You know, Jalen yep. Brunson came in with 24 and Spencer Dimwitty. Now, look, I don't want to hear any Bulls fans say, look, that was two regimes ago. Okay, folks. So, so I don't want to hear that in that front that you should still be a Bull. <laughs> what happens if you're a Brooklyn fan? You had him on your squad, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say those are people that should be upset, not not the Bulls fans. Nets fans should be more upset than the Bulls fans. Uh, he had 30 points off the bench, was a, a playoff career high for him. He kind of helped with Luka, and, of course, Brunson kicked in with uh, 24 mm -hmm. points as well. So it was really basically those three that kind of helped propel the Mavs yeah. to 
that you know stunning game seven win in Phoenix. I, I mean that that's the most, of course. Um, you know that scored. You know going to a half since Kobe and Shaq did an O two conference finals against the Kings. You guys remember that? That's uh, that series. That was a pretty memorable <laughs> series. Yeah, if you're a Kings fan, up. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. Kings, Kings fan, you had it right there. Well, okay, that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get into that a whole nother time. <laughs> yeah, so that's a whole different episode. But again, yeah. that's a... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So uh, the plus side though for the Suns, uh, I mean, Booker had 11. Uh, CP3, uh, we'll get to him in a second. Just really no, no, nothing, no bite. Only those were only three players, and also to uh, Cam Johnson at the bench. Those were only three players that were in double figures for the Suns. I have my, uh, I have something to say about it, but I'm gonna let you go first, Sid. Go on. One, Luka Doncic has raised his uh, star, star status legend to another notch. You saw what he did yesterday, especially in that first half, hitting the heat check three and staring to celebrity role in that front of that hostile environment in that Suns crowd. So shout out to Luka Doncic. We know that uh, he's a, a MVP candidate almost every year, at least for the last couple of years. He raised this legend uh, throughout uh, throughout these playoffs. Lakina, we said this on Friday. Do not have the best player on the opposing team in a game seven, no matter where it's played. He was the best player in, in this series against the Suns. You saw what he did, especially in that first half yesterday, and Dallas deserved to win. On the flip side for Phoenix, what did I tell you on Friday? DeAndre Aiden was the key for me for Phoenix. Five points, four rebounds. That's not going to get it done. <laughs> As Lakina doing is doing her uh, where are you uh, search look for those of you listening back on our replay on, a, on our podcast. Uh, everybody can talk about Devin Booger, who still suffered from that hamstring injury. Everybody can talk about CP3. Uh, it's just uh, the beginning of the end for him. But DeAndre Aiden was the key to me. Lakina, he didn't get it done yesterday. And some of the other role players like Cam Johnson, who tried to get it going, I know he had 12 points, but he couldn't get it going either. That first quarter really put this game away. And when was the last time the Phoenix Suns shot 24% and scored 27 points and a half? It's been a while. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm thinking that maybe, okay, they're going to flip the switch. You know, I, I kept waiting. We kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, mm-hmm. waiting, 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 waiting. It was just like, you know, it just, it wasn't happening. And, it's. It, I think people were asking, is this the worst game for game seven performance? You know, if someone gets blown out at home, I'm trying to remember like some of the other uh, game sevens. I mean, I know that uh, someone brought out brought up the uh, which one was it? It was a. It was like from, from the uh, the Lakers. Uh, maybe the the Blazers series with the Lakers. I remember. Uh, I think, no, are you talking about the Lakers Phoenix Lakers series and, from 06? And, and yeah, because I know oh, Kobe sorry. passed up some shots in that. Yeah. In, in that game seven. No, it was another game beforehand. Someone had brought that up, but because mm-hmm. uh, someone actually said it like right there, and like I was like, that's one thing. I'll look, I'll look that up in a second. But okay. it's sort of like this is a, this is pretty bad. This is mm-hmm. not like this is not one of those times where you pick the worst game, worst time to have your worst game of the season, the Suns. And if you're the Suns, you're kind of at a crossroads right now. Look, if you're Aiton, you know they already they already don't have a contract extension, so is he going to sign for the max? Is there going to be like some spending going on? Are they going to try to hold off on spending? Are they going to have to maybe pick up somebody to kind of like, you know, lighten the load from CP3 in case he does get banged up from time to time? It, it's it's one of those things where you're kind of like, I know people want to make jokes and say that they're a front runner. Look, James Jones, I mean, he's ha- he has a couple of titles as a player. I know he's seen all of this. So it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see what kind of moves he makes during the offseason. 
And I know, look, CP3 already, people already saying, well, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's been happening the last couple of years. It's not going to happen now. But I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, they probably need to go, you know, look, you brought Crowder, Jay Crowder on to kind of, you know, sort of pick up the slack. He only had five points. Was one for six from three point, three point range. That's not going to do it. So it, it, it's just like, I, I don't, I honestly don't know what's going on here, but it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, um, I I I I kind of flabbergasted by this performance by the uh, by the Suns yesterday. Now the the I think that Dallas had a chance to win yesterday. Yes, but I didn't expect anything like this, Lakina. So, so let's give credit to the Dallas Mavericks. They had hot shooting, especially in that first half, and we talked about it all season, Lakina, especially uh, around the trade deadline when they made a few uh, um, a few minor adjustments in a couple of trades, getting rid of Christos Pozingis, stripping him off to the Washington Wizards. They got back Spencer Dinwiddie in, in another deal, and he's really been making a difference. But this Dallas Mavericks team is a very good defensive team with Kleber and Sean Powell uh, um, and coming off the bench. And we know Luca, you know, he's not a traditional point guard. Uh, he can still facilitate, and and that's what he does as well as uh, as well as score and drive the ball to the basket. But uh, the Dallas Mavericks are a very under good underrated defensive team, and they did show that the last half of this series against the Phoenix Suns. Now, the first half of this series, we talked about about Dallas uh, faltering under the pressure, especially in the games against Phoenix. But when when they went back home, they made a, a few minor adjustments, especially on Devin Booker and CP3. That's how they got back in the series, along with their hot shooting in a couple of those games, games three and four backing up in their home court. But during the, this last series, CP3 and Devin Booker did not show up. They Both of them did not shoot the ball very well. And Dallas took advantage of that, and that's why uh, they're moving on to Western Conference Finals. I want to clean up. It was actually the two thousand of uh, the two thousand um, uh, playoffs between the Lakers and the Blazers. Remember, the Blazers were actually up like they like twelve or thirteen points on the road. If you remember that, oh, that was Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I they remember, blew it. Yeah, yeah Scotty Pippen, Rasheed Wallace, and crew. Yep. Yeah, and also the Lakers came back and were able to win that game and actually won like, yeah. by like fifteen points or something like that. So that's what I was talking referring to. And that game, so that actually game was actually pretty competitive. It's just that the Lakers kind of came back and uh, trashed mm-hmm. the uh, the Blazers. So that's how what happens there. Now going into the other conference final, you got the Warriors and the Mavs. Now people are, you know, the Mavs did uh, beat the Warriors three out of four. But remember, though, they didn't have a full lineup. So I think people need to kind of sort of you know slow down on the fact that I think like the first two times they played, Clay didn't play, and I think like the third mm-hmm. time they played, I think Steph didn't play. I think like the last time they played, I think Draymond didn't play. So they didn't have a full lineup. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, that they're going to, you know, war is going to blow them out. I know people are already saying warriors in five. I think you're kind of disrespecting the mouse if you do that. <laughs> so I will say maybe I'll say warriors in seven just because, again, it depends on how much energy the, the mouse have. So because they really had to go through spend a lot of energy trying to win the series against the Suns. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakini here with you. Preview of the NBA's conference finals matchups. Uh, right here on Sports on Chicago. Let's stick with the Western Conference, Lakina. I agree with you. This series is going to be better than what people think. I think some people have the Golden State Warriors in mind from 2015 and or from 2018 when Kevin Durant was on, on the team. Uh, this is not the same team. As we mentioned, Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, uh, in particular, Klay Thompson didn't play the first couple of months of the regular season, so Dallas took advantage uh, of those uh, games there. But when Steph and 
Clay, do not shoot the ball well. The Warriors lose. That's why you you seeing players like Jordan Poole step up. You seeing players like John DeComiga and Andrew Wiggins step up for the Warriors. Now, uh, the the Mavericks they're not as physical as the Memphis Grizzlies are, but the Mavericks, as we talked about, they're still a very good defensive team. And the Warriors had their work cut out for them. It's not going to be a breeze, uh, as as you just said. I agree with you. I will pick the Warriors at six, but it wouldn't surprise me if it goes seven. It really wouldn't. And I think, yeah. and I think the key for me in this series, the key player to watch out for for the Warriors in the series, Andrew yeah. Wiggins mm-hmm. for for the Warriors and Jordan Poole. And then on the flip side for Dallas, for me, I will have to go with Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think Dinwiddie's definitely going to be the X factor there. Someone's going to have to mm-hmm. help out Luca. And you know, look, Dorian yeah. Vincent, I mean, hopefully they can he can step up as well. Dylan Brunson can keep doing what he's doing. I think if you got guys like Kyber and you know such, so hopefully those guys can step up as well and help out the Warriors. Because if you know Clay or Steph struggle, we'll get to Steph in a second. He had a really nice milestone over the weekend. If they can step up, and you know if the Wiggins and the Jordan Pools, the world can step up and help mm-hmm. out Clay and Draymond and Steph, especially either one of them, you know, have you know off shooting nights. I think you know this could be you know, the war. The mask can make it very interesting. Now, will they win a series? Who knows? But I feel like this is definitely going to be the X factor here. Will be the role players. Now, the question for me is: Draymond Green, he's playing the five for the Warriors. Now, how many times will he match up on Luca? I know he's not going to guard Luca out on the perimeter, but we all know Luca can take advantage of the matchups that he has. A, a, he has a height advantage over. So, mm-hmm. will Dallas have? Luca post up some of the time, most of the time. Uh, that's going to be the question. Uh, you know, Draymond Green wants a piece of Luca, uh, uh, speaking in, in, in loose terms. So, Draymond Green is the emotional leader for the Warriors. He's the defensive anchor for that squad. And so, I uh, want to see how, how how much does he match up against Luca Doncic? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a tough assignment for even for Draymond. But look, Draymond's been all defensive guys, so yeah, we'll see if if you know maybe. Who's going to get that assignment? Are they going to rotate? Is Steve, is Steve mm-hmm. going to rotate his guys to Luca? Will it be Steph? You know, will it be you know Draymond? Will they kind of do a rotating thing? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough task, but it's you know we've seen you know the teams do it. So that's going to be a if you kind of lock lock down Luca, it's going to be tough 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 for someone else to step up. So that's going to be really be the key here. So it'll be a very interesting series. I think it's going to be a fun series. They both these uh, conference finals are going to be really. A lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it should be an interesting uh, series, no doubt. Yeah, so game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks will take place on Wednesday from uh, the Chase Center in San Francisco, California. That's at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. That will be seen on TNT. TNT is the home, exclusive home of the Western Conference Finals. Let's go to the Eastern Conference Finals, Lakina, and preview that series between Boston and Miami. Miami has home court advantage. For that series, game one will be tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Lakina, what are your keys uh, to this series for both teams? Same thing. It's going to be the role players. I I, I really feel like you've got both teams can play defense. Both teams, they split their series. I think they've won each one like two series against each other in their series. So it's definitely going to be a toss-up. I think, look, I think Tatum and... Um, you know, Tyler Hero, you're gonna have a little bit of a battle there. You know, Jimmy Butler, of course, you got Kyle, Kyle Lowry, of course. We'll see how mm-hmm. the hamstring holds up. Um, so you know, Robert Williams, you gotta wonder is is he gonna still be a little bit banged up too to play? Marcus Smart, you know, Max Strauss. I mean, look, there's so many uh guys 
on both ends that you know it's gonna, gonna be the role players. It's not gonna be the stars, I feel like it's gonna be the role players are gonna have to step up. And you saw in the Sixer series, you know, look, Bam, you know, had his struggles a little, you know, somewhat, but Butler stepped up. You had, you know, Vincent had his struggles, you know, Max Strauss stepped up. I mean, there are so many guys at Oladipo. Will Oladipo be a, a factor here? So it's going to be one of those things where you kind of wonder, okay, how much of a factor is each of these teams are going to be? I mean, can Grant Williams you know, show what he showed in game seven? Can he do it against the, against the Heat? It's going to be a very tough task because both these teams can play defense. So it's really going to you know, be kind of like right there in, for the taking. So I'm going to be interested to see if who's going to step up. And I think that's going to be the key in this series. I think for me, for Miami, is Jimmy Butler because he makes that injured go not only on the offensive end for the but on the defensive end as well. He's one of the best two-way players in the league, and he gets that offense going for the Miami Heat. And if he gets it going early, that's going to cause many problems for that Boston Celtics defense. And if, if Boston uh, decides to double-team uh, Jimmy Butler, who's going to get, kick it out to? Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Uh, those two guys I'm, I'm going to be focused on in this series for Miami. On the flip side for Boston, Marcus Smart. We all know he, he put the ball in the hoop, but he's he's an um, underrated version of Jimmy Butler as well. We all know about his defensive style, and, and that gets uh, the Celtics going defensively. I just want to see how many times these two guys match up, Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler. And, and that should be a, a very interesting physical matchup. Yeah, that's going to be – and that's going to be the key, key too, I think, physicality. So – it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be interesting to see which teams sort of step up, especially in time, because I feel like, you know, the defense is going to be an issue. I think the also mm-hmm. the also uh, the who can shoot the ball better at turn the three, especially will be an issue, too. So both mm-hmm. these series, I think, are going to go the distance I, or six or seven. I don't think you're not going to get someone's not going to have a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. Both these series are going to be really good. If you're ESPN and TNT, you got to be feeling pretty good about the series. Both series should rate pretty well. Yeah, I have Miami in six. I do too. I think, mm-hmm. I think that he's is going to do just enough to win this series. I feel like. Yep. So we'll, let's run down the schedule one more again, as you young folks would say. The Eastern Conference Finals will, will kick off tomorrow at seven thirty p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. Game one between. Miami and Boston. Boston has a home court advantage for that one. Also, tomorrow, too, Lakina, before the game, we'll have the NBA draft lottery. And who gets the number one pick? Uh, you guys can watch for yourselves. We won't discuss that here. <laughs> uh, for the Western Conference Finals, it'll kick off Wednesday, as we said earlier. Dallas at Golden State. Golden State has home court advantage for this series. Game one will, will take place Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on TNT. Uh, let's go to Thursday uh, Thursday night. Game two between Celtics and Miami will take place at 730 on ESPN. So that's your schedule as the conference finals gets going starting tomorrow night. All right. Go real quick. Uh, apparently, if you hear cap and hoodie on uh, every se- every uh, weekday, 7 to 10 on ESPN radio, ESPN Chicago, um, apparently, I guess, according to cap, I guess there's some concern among the Bulls brass that, Lonzo Ball's uh, knee has not gotten better and that there's some, you know, issues there. And they're, you know, like I said, the brass is concerned. Why hasn't it gotten better? Of course, he didn't play after he had injured it in March. So people are wondering, like, is there something going on with that knee? Are they going to have to clean it up again? Are you going to do another scope? You know, Bull's Twitter, of course, is already, like, you know, losing it. So Sid, You don't quick, say. <laughs> right? I mean, oh, God. I, 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 it's just like, okay. Go ahead, Sid. 
I know that Zach Levine is looking for uh, max money this year. I know he's supposed to have surgery, if not already, to clean out some uh, some debris in his knee. Uh, if Lonzo Ball has to have major knee surgery this summer, that's going to put the Bulls back. And you stuck with that contract for the next couple of years. You you already got in trouble uh, for acquiring him. You lost a second round pick for uh, the um, the the for the strategy ways that you acquired Mr. Ball's services from the New Orleans Pelicans last summer. But if he has to have major surgery, that's going to put him out. I assume, I assume mm -hmm. for at least the first two, if not three months of next season and the bulls, we know they're right there as far as taking the next step to becoming a, a perennial playoff team and uh, hopefully a championship contending team. We saw the difference with this bulls team with Lonzo ball, without Lonzo ball at that, that start off at any point next year without him, it, it, it's going to be trouble. Well, and also, too, if this is a case, I think you better try and see if he can get surgery and then perhaps maybe see if he can kind of, you know, sort of be ready before the start of the season or at the very least early on in the regular season, at the mm -hmm. very least, if this is his issue. So, again, you know, well, you know, I I don't know if you want to put stock that much stock on it, but like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. But uh, this is like the one thing where I was afraid of. And I told you this in our, in our panel too, that the knee issue, and this has been an issue mm -hmm. for the last couple of years for Alonzo. So I don't know. We'll see what happens uh, there. And uh, some breaking news here about, I know we're really like, real going up against it, but Marcus Smart suffered a mid foot sprain um, in game seven. This is according to coach Udoka and it's questionable for game one against the heat. So they really changes their game plan, especially against Jimmy Butler. Yeah, we'll see if if that's the case. We'll see what happens. But uh, definitely something to look out for as they start their series tomorrow, the Celtics and the Heat. Now, hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is coming up. We've got uh, some pretty interesting things. Of course, the NHL playoffs, some great game sevens uh, last night and a couple of nights, a great the last couple of days for the NHL. Also, too, some NFL and also some sports media news. Too. I'm sure it's got some sports media news. Um, you know, for this weekend, of course, including Drew Brees. What's his what does his future hold? Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, second season sports on Sports Zone Chicago coming up for hour two. Don't go away. Automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to album number two of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color on the Monday edition on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. You have a question or comment for us, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's do that hockey, Lakina, as we kick off our number two of the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We had five game sevens over the weekend, including two last night. We'll get to last night's results in just a moment, but let's go over Saturday's results. The first game in the Eastern Conference first round, the Carolina Hurricanes will move on to round two after defeating the Boston Bruins 3-2 to two in Game 7 at home. This was a very physical series. Lakina, mm -hmm. congratulations to former Blackhawk goalie in the Stanley Cup champion from the 2015 team, Antti Ranta. Yeah, he's the starting goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes. He really held the fort down in Game 7. Boston, they just didn't have enough. It looks like Brad Marchand's career may be coming to an end. We'll see in the weeks and days and months ahead. But, Lakina, this was a very physical series. Carolina was the overall better team from top to bottom in the show in game seven. Yeah, and I think, look, I've been, you know, pushing Carolina all all season. And, uh, yeah, they finally kind of woke up. And it's definitely going to be <laughs> oh, ah, funny. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, a, but like I said, I mean, they, they stepped up, you know, finally. And I think they showed that they are kind of were the better team. And, you know, the Bruins, to their credit, I mean, they, they tried. You know, they, they pushed it to seven when I like a lot of people didn't think they would. But unfortunately, I think the talent kind of got to them in the end. And look, we'll see if this is going to be Brad Marchand's final show. And I mean, there have been rumors that we'll 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 take you know talk about another Eastern Conference team in a second. But there are some you know some rumors that they might break you know that core up in Boston. So it'll be interesting to see you know how far that goes. But look, I think you know the Hurricanes finally, you guys are like finally made me look good, uh, Carolina. Yay! You know so. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, look, Max Domi, I think, was a player of the game, and he's, like, like I said, he's one of those standouts. So, look, and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll talk we'll talk about their next series in a second because it's going to be a very interesting one, too. But it, I remember it's, his daddy playing. That's yeah, all old you oh, are. God, hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, God, hi. I was about to say, make you feel old now. Yeah. Another edition of making you feel old, right? We remember seeing his dad play. He did that a couple of times in the playoffs, too. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, he looked really good, and so did uh, he kind of, you know, carried the Hurricanes to that win against Boston. So definitely a good win for them. Uh, the second uh, Eastern Conference first rounder, you got Tampa and Toronto, uh, the defending two-time defending champs. Showed you why they are the two-time defending champs. 
two to one. I look, I know, I know, I know. Since it was a big, uh, I know, I know. I feel the same way about Toronto. I think this is where were you all, St. Matthews? Good God, I know, right? Oh, God, I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Nicholas Paul had two goals, you know, that kind of propelled them. And look, that look, Tampa, look, the, look, Tampa showed you why they're the two time defending champions, they did, yep. and. You know, like I said, Toronto, I don't know what happened to a lot of their guys. Like I said, Austin Matthews, you were like one of the top scorers of this the regular season. Where were you in the in game seven? What happened? And I think this is what like the ooh, like this how long has it been? Said like 20 years or something like yes. that. Maybe even mm-hmm. something like that. You know, since the uh the Maple Leafs have won a first rounder. So ooh, just just brutal. And uh I mean, I don't know. I mean, Will Selecki had 30 saves so he definitely was you know the guy that helped propel uh helped out the lightning there too so just a just a you know just a, a terrible showing by by the maple Leafs. they've now lost 10 straight opportunities to clinch a series they back to game seven of 04 in the quarterfinals all of the chess and the coyote oh well then when a paycheck and now the fans Coyotes, of course mm-hmm. have lost more at 13 so not a good history history for the maple Leafs and you know, if you're the Maple Leafs, you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. You gotta be like, you know, what 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 can they do? They're, I don't know. Yeah, you just told the uh, what I was getting ready to ask. What can you do at this point? Also, Matthew's one of the best young players in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's going to stick with it for now. But what can you do if you're the Maple Leafs front office? You had your chance to put it away on the road in game six, or you failed there. So as you mentioned, Lakina, experienced teams know what to do in crucial situations. Toronto, you hope this is a learning process, but how much patience do you have as a fan base to go deep in the playoffs? Like I said, it's been a long time, so I don't know. I think yeah. they're running out of patience, So, but – Again, we'll see. They got interesting series too coming up uh, this week as well. I'm talking about the the Lightning, so uh, that'll be interesting. Well, now going out west for the the last game, of the Game Sevens from Saturday, uh, the Edmonton Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings to nothing. Connor McDavid uh, finally gets to go through past the first round of the playoffs. Yay. Uh, yeah, for the first time in like three years. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, Jesus. But, uh, yeah, he uh, had a couple of goals kind of propelled into that uh, to that uh, win. Uh, Cody Sessi had that, you know, had the goal. You know, McDavid, you know, kicked in, you know, the game, uh, sort of the, the, the game that had a help put away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's sort of like I think the Oilers kind of finally woke up because I know people thought that this was going to be another sweep. For them, you know, being the Kings, because the Kings are so young, but they finally woke up. Finally, I said, I tweeted out, I, they finally woke up. So, even though yeah. John the Quick, John the Quick had thirty nine saves, and but Mike still had twenty nine. That they just, you know, the Kings just couldn't get it going on offense. Yeah, and that and that was the uh, ultimate Achilles' heel for the LA Kings. We said this last week, Lakina. The LA Kings are a very good but young team. They have a young core, especially defensively, and, and you saw it show up in in Game Seven. Even though they did play a very good game, and Jonathan Quick stole one of the games early in the series, mm-hmm. but uh, Edmonton, uh, I I I got the feeling that they took the Kings lightly. I I had Edmonton mm-hmm. in five Probably. games, and the LA Kings said, uh, "We're sticking around." They stole games one and five in Edmonton, and that really woke up the Oilers. They're gonna have a a, a t- another tough matchup in the next round. We'll get to it in a few minutes, but I, my feeling was. That the Edmonton Oilers took the Kings lightly, especially with young teams like the Kings, and mm-hmm. uh, and with this group going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, don't give teams like that any confidence because anything could happen. And all the upset almost happened, but 
the Oilers finally woke up and said, hey, you know, we're the better team, and they showed it uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I guess they figured you know, enough of this foolishness, so let's, let's get kicking yeah. into gear, of course. Um, McDavid became the fourth Oilers player to record at least 10, 10 assists in the playoff series. I think he had 11. Joining guys like you know, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Coffey, and Mark Messier. So that's a pretty impressive list he joins hmm. there. So, uh, yeah, so uh, finally, you know, the, the Oilers, yeah, they got a, a really interesting series coming up, too. We'll get to that. And I know people are going to be looking forward to this one. And, uh, certain coaches are going to be looking forward to that one. Now, there were two Game 7s on Sunday. Of course, ladies and second day sports on Sports on Chicago. Sydney Brown, Keenan McGee with you. Talking some hockey. Doing that yes, hockey. <laughs> doing that hockey. Uh, yesterday's Game 7, there were a couple there. The Rangers came back you know, to win not only their series, but also to win their Game 7 against the Penguins 4-3 in overtime. It was the bread man, attending Panarin. Had that game winning a goal in overtime. I wish he was still a black hook. I'm still that, pissed about that. <laughs> thank you, Stan Bowman. You I know. <laughs> Boo. What do you know? But he's doing great things over there in uh, New York. And I look, he kind of you know, propelled him to that as well. And uh, look, that was a really great series. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people didn't think it would go seven, but it did. You know, the Penguins showed a little bit of the fights. I know Crosby was a little bit banged up. He did play yesterday. Really wasn't too much of a factor. There are some rumors that maybe they might break up that tandem there in Pittsburgh with him and Chris Letang. So, yeah, that's another thing. But, uh, look, the Rangers, I mean, they came back, I think, what, not once, but twice, but three times. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Pittsburgh jumped out to an early lead. And, uh, and the Rangers stayed with it. They took advantage of a couple of uh, late turnovers by the Penguins, especially the one to tie the game. And, of course, in overtime when the Rangers were on the power play, uh, there was a great shot by Artemi Panarin to send the Rangers uh, to the second round. So the Rangers stuck with it, and uh, they deserved to win this series. And now the Crosby injury that knocked them out of game six, that was one of the reasons why uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are sitting home today. And number two, their goalie situation. I know Rodriguez mm-hmm. was sitting on the bench last night. He did not get the start. But uh, the Pittsburgh is going to have to address the goalie situation moving forward. The Rangers can have that goalie there. Uh, you, uh, they're making uh, Henry Lundqvist look like a forgotten man. I know he's doing TV work for MSG up there in New York City for the playoffs. But uh, the, the Rangers, they showed all year long why they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and not in the league. And they had the grit, they had the fight, and, and they took advantage of the balance that went their way last night. Yeah, uh, Igor Shesterkin, uh 42 saves. Uh, Say that five know. times fast. Yeah, I know, right? Yo, that's definitely <laughs> a tongue twister. Uh, 36 saves. He had um, at least like 30 like throughout the series. He was, They were 8-1. and one. In, in a game they're now eight one i should say the rangers are in a game seven and it's definitely uh they're actually also the first team to to record three consecutive comeback wins in elimination games in the same series so you know that's a that's a pretty uh big uh testament to them and that team and they looked really good and like you said said i mean the penguins i mean they're they're kind of at a crossroads right now so i don't know what's going to happen there but uh you know, Crosby's you know, showing his age, and it's definitely like I wouldn't be surprised if they make some changes during the offseason, but that's a, that's a whole nother uh, conversation. We'll get to that in due time. Now, the last game and the, the night uh, cap of that uh, other game seven, you got Calgary beating Dallas 3 2 in overtime. Johnny Hockey, as they call him up there in Calgary, Johnny Goudreau. Um, slipped one past Jake Edinger, who had 60 saves. 
60 saves. Yeah, he had a great performance for Dallas. Mm. Had a great series for Dallas, and unfortunately, you know, got Johnny Goudreau able to you know get that pot, get that the uh, puck by him, and they ended up winning that series of Flames. And I, I mean, ooh, speaking of a team that being at a crossroads of uh, you know going up with the theme here, uh, Dallas looked really look Dallas. You know, this is a very young team, so they got a good future ahead of them. Now, Calgary was the one of the top seeds in the Western Conference, and they were able to eke one out against Dallas. So now they're going to the, to the second round. Yeah, the Flames got great goaltending as well throughout this series. And you mentioned uh, Johnny Hockey. It was finally nice to see and hear his name show up on the score sheet mm -hmm. as he puts his name into playoff overtime hero lore. And mm -hmm. so Calgary uh, stuck with it. Uh, Dallas, uh, they, had some, they had their chances, especially early in the overtime. But you could play a great game, especially in the game seven. And, mm -hmm. and if you had that one mistake that, that comes back to bite you in the butt, that's what usually happens. And that's what happened. Uh, to the Dallas Stars last night, Calgary, um, uh, they had the they had the home ice advantage, and and they uh, took a, a advantage of a Johnny Grudeau's uh, lucky lucky shot, sort of lucky shot uh, from that left slot there, but he was able to connect and, and slip past uh, slip past the net. So, uh, congratulations to Calgary. I'm really looking forward to their matchup in round two, which we'll get to in a sec here. Yeah, absolutely. It should be. They, they should have. A, I'm sure, I know a lot. Excuse me. I know a lot of folks in Canada. Battle of Alberta. We'll get to that in a second. Now let's go to these uh, you know, semifinal conference semifinal uh, matchups that will start tomorrow. These games will start tomorrow on TNT. A double header here. You got Tampa. The Battle of Florida. In this one, you got Tampa and Florida. I think Florida just. You know, this is like the first time it's since like '96. Which so I think was their second year in existence going this you know forward yeah. to the semifinals. Uh because they had not won a playoff uh, series since then. So that you know it's gonna be very interesting because you got you got the you know, the young team that's been consistent all year in the east, but yet you have a two-time uh Stanley Cup champion who, you know, when you know the chips are down, they're coming up and I, I kind of feel like you wonder, will it be experience? Will it be kind of the youth of the Panthers? What do you think will win out? I think it's going to come down to goaltending. Andre Velasquez, as you mentioned, Lakina, he did what he had to do in that game seven against Toronto last Saturday. On the flip side, mm -hmm. Sir Gabe Grabowski for, for the Florida Panthers, he's been in the Stanley Cup playoffs before, young in his career with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, he's mm -hmm. been that rock for the Florida Panthers in that for the last couple of years. And now – we get to see what he, he's made up against a better Tampa Bay team. Florida has given Tampa Bay problems uh, throughout this regular season. So mm -hmm. Florida has a better roster in terms of scoring up uh, uh, lines one through three, but Tampa can, can score as well. I don't think we're going to see it as high of a scoring uh, trade-off as, as we think we were going to see. I think it's going to be a, a very tight defensive matchup, but it's going to come down to the goalies in my opinion. Uh, Sergey Sergey Grabowski, for Florida, he's going to have to steal one, perhaps two games in this series if Florida, uh, if Florida, uh, if Florida wants to upset the Lightning. Yeah, I think. Uh, looks, you got experience receiving Stan, you know, Stan Coast, but then you got mm -hmm. you know Jonathan who who drove who who drove who you know who could definitely want like the top players in the league. So in that very in good that for team, the Panthers, yes, very yeah. good. So uh, he's definitely going to be an X factor. Also, uh, Barkoff, you know, on the center on the center side, I think that's going to be kind of another uh, thing as well. So. Like you said, who's going to step up? I mean, I know uh, Hedman is a good, a good defenseman. They're probably yeah, Victor sure. Hedman. Yep. Yeah, and who you know, who knows? You know, look, I think, like you said, I think it could be talented to the goalies, like you said. But 
like, I mean, I, I remember a couple of those matchups, and uh, the Panthers kind of handled them pretty, uh, handled the, you know, handled them pretty well. So again, but again, this, this is the playoffs. So, you know, Nick Paul, you know, he had a couple of big goals in that game seven too. So it's going to be very interesting, like you said. I mean, I, I feel like this is definitely going to be one of those things where it could come down to. You know, it could it could come down to goalie? So we'll see. And I, I kind of feel like this is definitely going to be like one of those big matchups. And the Lightning are pretty healthy, so mm-hmm. you know, could that be a factor too? And could fatigue, yeah, could fatigue play a factor in these first two games of the series in Florida? Even though they have home ice, even though Florida has home ice, will fatigue play a factor, especially in these first couple of games of the series? Florida must protect home ice. I, in my opinion, I think this is going to be a split with these first two games. So if you're Florida, if you go down 0-2 to, to this team, uh, you're really playing with fire, and they cannot afford to do that, especially yeah. with this young bunch. Yeah, so we'll see. Will it be youth or will it be the experience? Definitely something to look out for here. The second uh, second rounder in the Western Conference Finals, that also starts tomorrow on TNT at 8.30 the night. Cap, we got St. Louis and Colorado, and – I kind of feel like this is another one of those series where it could come down to like the, the goaltending. I know St. Louis is sort of one of those teams where you kind of wonder like, Hmm, okay, interesting. And, but then you have Colorado, Colorado has been one of the dominant teams all year. And what is really going to be kind of like, okay, what is, what's going to be the really the number one factor here? I think it's going to be physical play in this series. We know St. Louis, they started off the year kind of shaky, but they picked it up. And like you mentioned, they ended up with one of the uh, best records in the Western Conference with 109 regular season points, 10 behind Colorado. But I think St. Louis's problem was going to be goaltending because you look on the flip side for Colorado, they have all those uh, great uh, goal scorers led by Nathan McKinnon. And so mm-hmm. we know that the that the Avalanche can put it in the back of the net. But I think – for St. Louis, the problem is going to be goaltending. But I'm looking forward to watching Vladimir Tarasenko as well. I know Ooh, some I people want to get rid of him uh, uh, over the summer, early mm-hmm. into the season, but he's really picked it up as a late as well. They really had uh, very little trouble against the Wild. You know, I thought the Wild was going to upset them. Obviously, that didn't happen, but uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting series. I think this series will go the limit. And for Colorado, this is your best shot at a Stanley Cup. Uh, you got to go through. Uh, you have a you had an easier time in the, in the previous round. Now the, the, this is really going to show what you're made of, I guess, as a divisional foe with the Blues, even though they have do have on home ice. I'm referring to Colorado. Yeah, I think Colorado. If you're Colorado, I think you better try to take advantage mm-hmm. of this because I think you are a much better team than the Blues. So hopefully they can kind of take advantage of that. And if you're Colorado, this is this is the time. You've been close a couple of times the last few years and. But this is your shot, and you know Miko Ratanen. I think he's going to have to step up. You know Kadri's got to step up too for the mm-hmm. the Avs. So this is definitely, and they're healthy too, which is definitely, I guess, the most important thing going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I think if you're the Avs, I think this is where your time to strike is now, and hopefully they mm-hmm. can do that against the Blues. But again, like you said, it's going to be very interesting, and I think they got the goaltending edge too. So. Again, hopefully they can take advantage and you know pounce on the Blues and pounce early and often. If you're a Blackhawks family king, who are you rooting for, Colorado or St. Louis? <laughs> oh, well, Colorado, I think, because, you know, especially distance-wise, you don't got to worry about St. Louis too much. And St. Louis finally got there a couple, couple of years ago, so it's not like, okay. And it's been a, it's been a while for Colorado. So, the, of course, you you cheer for, you know, the furthest team in your division. So, 
definitely Colorado. I think most Hawks fans are going to be cheering for them. <laughs> Just asking a friend. <laughs> All right. Uh, New York and Carolina. These games will start on Wednesday. These are going to be on TNT. Uh, the ESPN. Rangers, oh, ESPN. Sorry. Uh, we got the Rangers and Carolina. A couple of uh, solid you know, players on both sides. I think it's really going to be sort of like the factory is going to be the goaltending. You got to think that the, the goaltending, it's going to be very interesting to see what sort of, you know, this whole thing with uh, with both the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Of course, you got Panarin, you got Kreiber, uh, you got Aho, you know, it's kind of like a leading the way there for the Hurricanes. If you can kind of, you know, stabilize him, you know, can you kind of force, you know, the other guys to step up too for Carolina. So, yeah, I think this is definitely going to be like one of those toss-up series, I feel like. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a tough series no matter which way you look at it. But I think it's going to come down to special teams, in my opinion. We all know that what Carolina did at home against Boston uh, on the power play, they were tremendous. Uh, their penalty kill was garbage on the road at Boston. So who's going to play the most disciplined hockey? Uh, Carolina could do that at times. Uh, other times, uh, they, they lose themselves at times. But for the Rangers, they do have more of a, a complete balanced roster. And so this is going to be a, a great test for the Rangers. It's, in my opinion, it's going to come down to the special teams, especially the power play. Yeah, I mean, look, Carolina, uh, you know, both teams actually can be really good in the power play. So if you're, you know, you're one of those, if you're Carolina, that you try to maybe take advantage of the the home uh, home ice that you have. Now it's going to be very interesting, though, because if you have both, like I said, both teams actually have their, their stars. I think, look, we know about Max Dome, we know about Auntie Ranta, you know, Tara Vinan. Oh gosh, who still should be in Chicago? Yeah, Thank although that's moment. another. Yeah, I'll say that that's another. That's a whole other issue there. Look, there, we got players on both sides that should still be black. <laughs> so that's a again, that's a whole another uh, thing as well. So yeah, Rata, you know, it's just yeah, t- you know, this that's gonna be interesting. This could be very interesting. He should be playing goalie for the Hawks right now, but that's a whole other whole another mm-hmm. uh, thing there. It's gonna be a great a great uh, a great uh, goalie matchup between uh, Rata and Shira Sturgeon. So. Chester again. So it's going to be that that's going to be the key here. I think I feel like that's going to be the key is going to be the goaltending who, which goal can goaltender can stand on his head and kind of sort of like force, you know, the other team and kind of like, you know, sort of put the pressure on them. So that's going to be the, the key for me. I think this is going to be a long series as well. Both teams uh, ended up winning game sevens at home over the weekend. And so I think fatigue is going to play a factor in these first two, perhaps three games of the series, but uh, uh, once uh, uh, your opponent figures you out, uh, it's go time. Who's gonna who can make the adjustments? And, and I think this was going to be the uh, uh, underlying factor uh, going going on in this series. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And this last series we're gonna be talking about too as we go up against it. But this should be a, a fun one. Uh, Leah Hextall uh, annoyed this the the Battle of Alberta, and that's probably what it is. You got Edmonton. This is so Calgary. true. <laughs> Yeah, which is like you know, Edmonton and Calgary. I think this is like the, like the second time they faced each other in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I heard you know, somewhere, but uh, this is going to be a fun series. This is probably going to be the series. So if you're ESPN, you've got a good one scoring this first game. Uh, okay, we know about Colin McDavid, you know, Johnny Goudreau, Matt Kachuk, you know, Leo Dressetti, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think for me, I think it's definitely going to be the goaltending. Who's going to steal one? Whoever steals yeah. one is going to win, win this series. Because I expect to track me. I hope as a f- fan we get that. Uh, 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 we're going to get a scoring track me because both teams have uh, electric scores. I know the Oilers have more of the famous names, as you mentioned, uh, McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and uh, Leon Dreidestill. 
But uh, Calgary can skate with them too. So I hope we get a track meet, and I hope this is a long series. But whoever steals, whichever goalie steals one game in the series, I I, I believe this is going their team is going to win this series. That's going to be where the advantage is. I feel like I think mm-hmm. it's going to be you know who does sort of like sneak in there, and this could be one of those series where it could go seven. It's going to come down to you know who I guess Calgary's got the home ice. Can Edmonton steal Game Seven on the road? But it mm-hmm. could end up being that maybe could could Calgary still an you know a series a game in Edmonton I should say so definitely one of those this is definitely one of those toss up series and I, I feel like again it's gonna you know come down to who could take advantage of the little mistakes it's gonna be the tiniest yep. mistakes that's gonna be the thing the key that sort of you know, propels in this series and if you're either team you really can't afford especially since all of Alberta all the Canadian province of Alberta is gonna be keeping an eye on this series. I'm wondering though, someone needs to step up and can they kind of take care of like the little mistakes? Can they clean up sort of those little details that is gonna really gonna help whoever wins this battle of Alberta? And here's a one one factor that people are not paying attention to. They don't have to tr- travel across borders to the United no. States. No, <laughs> Just cross, uh, travel across do provinces. <laughs> yeah, I said do like a couple of hours and you yeah, know, you'll be right there. I know they're like about two and a half, three hours ahead mm-hmm. of each other, so. Uh, so yeah, so they don't have to travel far. That's probably the only good. If you're both teams, that's a good thing. You don't have to worry about, you know, having to travel very far or go across country or go across state lines. So you could just go in a couple of hours. It's about two and a half hour trek between Edmonton and Calgary. So you mm-hmm. you just go on a bus and just you know, go about your business or get there in like an hour by plane. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see who can take advantage of that sort of. It'll be interesting if any like the home, uh, the road, you know, fans still travel. So that's yeah. going to be the key too. You're going to be hearing like a, maybe a more neutral crowd. Mike Smith and uh, Jacob Marstrom. That's going to be the battle of the goalies. Who can kind of take care of the little bit details in the puck? That's going to be. Oh, uh, Mike Smith me. better step up for Edmonton, or they have no shot. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely oh, be curtains for them. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. he doesn't step up. All right, before we break, Lakina, uh, what's your predictions for the second round matchups? Who you have as your winners? Oh boy, uh, like I said, I've been a Calgary person all like playoffs and all season. So I will say Calgary is seven with that Battle of Alberta. And they said they someone's gonna steal a road game. I don't know which one, but I think someone's gonna steal a, a steal a game on the road. I have Rangers in six. I don't know why, but I think I have this feeling that it's been a while since the Rangers have gotten this far to playoff. So I'm wondering, you know, will they kind of feed off that? Now, as far as the series, I'll say, I'll say Tampa until someone proves me otherwise. So, if Florida, if you can prove to me that you can, you know, step up, I'll say Tampa in seven, and I'll say the Avs in six. I think this, I think St. Louis is too good of a a solid like young team to kind of be swept. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah. So yeah, so I'm gonna say Colorado in six on in that one. What about you? As usual, you steal all my picks, but you broadcast yours first. <laughs> but I think Florida, it wouldn't shock me if they did upset Tampa. Uh, I think people are underestimating Florida, but uh, they're going to give Tampa all they, they can handle. We told you what they did to each other during the regular season. Mm-hmm. So uh, the playoffs, this playoff series should be no different. So Tampa, I do have them in seven. Colorado should get past St. Louis with no problem. It should be in five, but I, I think it will be six. Like I said, the Rangers, uh, is going to be tougher than what people think, but uh, they will get by Carolina, of course. Uh, hopefully, Flames and Oilers will go seven games. I will pick the Flames in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if this series went seven. Yeah. 
Yeah, should be a look, all four of these series. I like, four of these series they will go. They won't be any sweeps. I'll say that. So, oh no, no, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. I think both all these games will be on both Turner and TNT and ESPN. So make sure you guys check out your uh, check out the you know the schedule here. Uh, we saw we told you about uh, ESPN. I mean Turner, I should say, had the games. You know, Lightning and Panthers and Blues and Avs. Also, ESPN mm-hmm. on Wednesday have the Rangers in Carolina, as well as Edmonton and Calgary. They get the first game of that. And, yeah, mm-hmm. these are all going to be on uh, the respective network, uh, the way it's sort of sorted out with the TV deal. So both these series are going to be on uh, all on the two networks. So just check out the list for the particular times. And then for those of you that happen to be watching us in Canada, you can watch them on Rogers Sportsnet and CB slash CBC. Lakina. We're not done, quite done yet. Uh, we had to cool off a little bit, but we're gonna we're gonna come back. And we're gonna finish up the home stretch of Second City Sports, the Monday edition on Sports Live and Living Color Sports Zone Chicago. We had to talk about Drew Brees. We had to talk about someone officially getting hired at Fox. Is not who you think it is, and we have some other stuff as well. And we're gonna pay tribute to a Saturday morning TV show. No, it's not what you think I'm going to pay tribute to. Stay tuned for that and a whole lot more. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. If you have a question or comment for us during any of our topics during today's show, 
You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. This is um, we're going to combine two segments into one since we have less than a half hour left in this program for today. Lakina, this is our NFL slash sports media news segment. The NFL, as we said before, Lakina, they're a twelve month sport. And this is over the weekend. The the National Football League, aka the Shield, did not disappoint. The NFL on Fox has officially hired former NFL head coach Sean Payton as an NFL analyst. According to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, Payton is heading to Fox for the 2022 NFL season, where he'll work as a studio analyst, joining the regular Fox NFL Sunday crew on off days for Jimmy Johnson. Payton and Fox were reportedly nearing a deal in recent weeks, but now both sides appeared to have reached an agreement after Payton made the surprising decision to resign from the New Orleans Saints earlier this year. The former head coach acknowledged that he would like to try TV during his final press conference with the team. The interest was mutual, with Payton having multiple media suitors this offseason led by Fox and Amazon. Early on, there were reports that Fox might target Payton to fill the void created by Troy Aikman, who left the network to go to ESPN to join Joe Buck on Monday Night Football. Fox has said chose Tom Brady as a long-term replacement for Aikman and have yet to name a seafiller until the 44-year-old quarterback decides to hang them up. Payne might be a better fit in the studio considering many people anticipate his media foray may last only one year. With the belief that the 58-year-old will still uh, return to coach uh, for the 2023 season. Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports already reported that the Carolina Panthers were already eyeing Payton in 2023. Although eyeing is a rather vague term, there will be no shortage of suitors if and when Payton decides that he wants to coach again. If Payton does return to the sideline in the next year or two, Fox will have a much easier time filling this studio role rather than having to name a new lead broadcast analyst. Then again, after seeing the $375 million paycheck that Brady is getting from Fox, along with tens of millions of dollars, NFL analysts in Payton might decide broadcast has a more of an upside than coaching, assuming that he's any good. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And I look, I think, look, this has been kind of been in the works for some time now, of course. Mm-hmm. We know, look, we know that uh, Payton stepped aside from the Saints head coach and sort of, you know, we knew that he was going to be going to television. But as you say, if you're the Fox and you go, like, you're still trying to say, although all sides are pointing to Greg Olson being kind of like the quote unquote, you know, seat filler until Tom Brady retires. It's going to be interesting, though, to see if this is something that, you know, Coach Pay is going to want to do long term. I mean, mm-hmm. he could miss it for maybe a couple of years and maybe he maybe he likes it. Maybe he likes, you know, he's, he just got married and and. You know, maybe he just wants to sort of just chill for a little bit, but he's only 58 mm-hmm. years old. And you wonder if he does get that itch. And if you, especially if, but if you're a Fox, you're looking for your pregame show. Look, you love guys like uh, Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, and Jimmy Johnson. They're all getting up there in age. Yeah. And I think, you know, they, I think Coach Johnson's like almost like 80 now, almost. So, yeah. So I, I think they're, I think it's probably what they're thinking about the future here. And I think if you're, you know, if you want to try and maybe perhaps, you know, try the studio first and maybe at some point, you know, Coach Payton does maybe do some games, but you also have to remember too, him being only 58, he's probably going to want to do the coaching again, especially if the, if the right situation comes up. So this is, look, he'll be great at, we've seen him do it, you know, through the last few years, we know he's going to be good at it. But again, he's going to, is he going to want to do a long turn? No, that's sort of like the wild card question. 
It depends on which teams fired their, uh, their head coaches. Of course, we know Dallas is always in the mix. Uh, Washington could be in the mix. If they don't have a good season now, their first year as the Commanders. Uh, there's a couple other places that Sean Ping, uh can lend his services as well. So we'll see what happens for this one year. Like you say, he could decide if he's any good at it, that he could say, no, I, I'm done with coaching. But we're a long ways away from that. He's still young, too. I mean, he's still young enough to probably ask him to go back to coaching if he wants to. So it, mm-hmm. it is, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, that's going to be sort of like the number one thing. Can he be kind of like that guy? And he could probably kind of be the face of that network. And, you know, they made the announcement on their upfronts on, you know, Fox, their upfronts today. And this is going to be, this is sort of like one of the big news that came out of the upfronts for Fox. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I mean, I, I kind of feel like. You know, it's, it's gonna it's like I said, it's gonna get interesting though. I think yeah, as the season goes, especially if teams underachieve, like you said, if the Cowboys stink, if some of the other teams stink, there's gonna be situations where he's gonna probably gonna think, hmm, I could probably go back into coaching. But like you said, if he likes doing it and you know it's less stress, <laughs> exactly. You know, maybe he and, maybe and like you said, money out. talks. You know what runs the marathon, so unless he has like full control of the you know how he does his roster, I don't know, mm-hmm. but. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, another uh, news that came out over the weekend is a uh, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Drew Brees. I can kind of, I can safely say he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame first ballot. Now, there was a report that came out for Andrew Marchand that he is out at NBC, but after only a year, but Drew Brees came out on his social media, both his Twitter and his Instagram, saying that it's you know that's not true and. He has not really decided whether or not he's going to do it. He said that, oh, you know, he might work at NBC or he might play football again. He may focus on his business. He may coach pickle. He may trade for the pickleball tour. I don't know where that came from, but okay. Uh, the senior golf tour, he is an avid golfer. Coaches, uh, I know his two oldest sons play football, so he might coach them. All the above, who knows? Wait, the, the, it was the second thing, the, the football thing that really kind of, you know, kind of threw people off because – with all this stuff that, you know, the news, of course, you know, Tyron Matthew going back home, you know, signing with New Orleans. Jarvis Landry also signing mm-hmm. a deal with New Orleans. I, I guess that's probably why he's thinking, hmm, could he want to come back? I guess that's kind of why where all this sort of all the speculation started coming out. But I don't think he knows what he wants to do. I, I'm a little surprised that he got, he, look, he got, look, Chris Collins was saying put over doing Sunday Night Football. A lot of people thought that that was going to be his gig. You know, thought that he was leaving with Al Michaels if you go on Amazon. He had Collins would actually end up signing another deal with uh, NBC. Actually, end up re-signing mm-hmm. with them. So now he's going to be doing some football for the next couple of years at least. I I, I don't know what the, what what you know what what's going on here, Sid. Maybe you can ask. You can uh, tell me. I think that Drew Brees is trying to keep his name uh, in the news to get people talking, and that's what's happening right now. But as far as the football side of it is concerned, I think the Saints knew that they were done with him following the 2020 season. And actually, Dan Ovlowski and Lewis Reddick brought up both brought up great points on Sports Center earlier today. We saw the noon Eastern edition of mm-hmm. Sports Center. Uh, both of them talked about remember Drew Brees the last couple of years. Uh, the Saints had a dink and dunk offense. We know. Now, former ex-head coach Sean Payton likes to be aggressive, take chances down the field. Remember, Drew Brees could not throw the ball downfield. That's why Taysom Hill came in a few times during mm-hmm. some of those games the last couple of years. And so even though Drew Brees would like to play with this roster, uh, the, the Saints had their chances uh, uh, during the last few years of, of Drew Brees' career to get to the Super Bowl. They just couldn't get over that hump. Now, will the roster look better on paper? Of course it would. But I think the Saints was like, 
we're moving on to Jameis Winston. Winston uh, started off decent last year before he tore his ACL. And so we mm-hmm. like, if we're going to try this again, we'll try with Jameis Winston. And I think that's going to be the thing. And I think he, I think he realizes that. I think he's a pretty, he's pretty smart. I think he knows that, look, he doesn't have sort of the wherewithal anymore to kind of, you know, pull to do these type of things. So, like you said, we don't know what the type of uh, offense that Dennis Allen is going to run. Even he said that he doesn't believe it either. He kind of feels like, oh, he's just, you know, speaking a lot of, you know, hubris and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't, he, he doesn't think there's any truth to it either. So, that would be a big problem for him if that turns out to be that he wants to come back in the NFL. I guess he saw what, you know, mm-hmm. Brady's doing. But I, I think it's going to be interesting, though. Um, Look, I didn't think he was that bad. I know some people kind of thought that he wasn't that good. I thought he was okay. I think with reps and with time, I think he probably could have mm-hmm. gotten better. It'll be just to see if Fox does that. That was the rumor. Will Fox pick him up and perhaps maybe put him in a number three or two or three team, especially if Greg Oles ends up doing it for this season, for the next couple of seasons, or whenever you know Brady retires. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, this is going to be interesting, though. Too, you still got a lot of stuff to figure out on the on the Fox side as well. So. Who's gonna like you said? You got somebody there for the future, but you need somebody there to kind of fill the seat for the next couple of years with Kevin Burke, especially since Fox has a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they I believe they have the two out of the next three years, so, so a big decision is ahead for the Fox TV network. Keeping it with the NFL one more time, Chicago area native Miss Kay Adams has been the host of Good Morning Football on the NFL Network for the last few years. She confirmed last week that she's leaving the NFL Network. The rumor has it that she may take over the pre- and post-game duties for Amazon for their new Thursday night football coverage. And, yeah, and I think, look – I think Good Morning Football has had a lot of, you know, kind of a revolving door. Of course, Nate, Nate Burleson left to, you know, to go to Fox, to go to CBS, mm-hmm. I should say, full-time and do the NFL day. Of course, now he's doing the morning show, the CBS, their their morning uh, show. with News um, show, yeah. Yeah, the morning news show with um, Gail King. And I then you've got, you know, now Kate Adams is leaving, allegedly to go to Amazon. So, yeah, I, I mean – I, I guess again, Good Morning Football. Their ratings have still been pretty good, but she's mm-hmm. been sort of one of the like the sort of like the leading, you know, parts of that show. So whoever they get to replace, I know you know Colleen Wolf. I know her name's being thrown around. Perhaps maybe replacing her. Yeah, because she does the weekend show, the yeah, weekend so, edition of this show. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's probably gonna be a natural fit just to just to kind of put her, you know, doing it in on the weekday. So. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting though. I know there was some others that kind of came up with her that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get into it, but uh. It, it, it's definitely going to be like it's definitely going to be the end of the era for that for that show because she's been kind of like the Star Wars of that show. So, I'm it's going to be interesting though. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah, of course you have a Chicago's very young Andrew Brent. I forgot he was on the Real World Chicago way back yes, when. He was. We, yeah, we getting the whole clicking. Kyle Brent. Kyle Brent. I remember because he was Sorry, on. Well, he was on. Yeah, he was on Days of Our Lives too. I remember he played Philip Kyriakis for a couple of years. Oof. Don't ask me how I knew that. That's Google, right? Google, right? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 okay. so fan <laughs> that I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll yeah, give you yeah. a pass on that one. And of course, you have Peter Schrager, who also works for Fox mm-hmm. uh, during the regular season as well. So that, like you said, that's a great cool crew, and it's very a very good show to watch. So we'll see what happens as they get the. Uh, new lead host slash anger is a Colleen Wilbur or is it somebody from the outside. So uh, the NFL has some decisions to make. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what direction they go. Like I said, do we, do they promote from within or do they bring somebody, like I said, do they bring somebody else 
from the outside. Now, again, they're, they're kind of going to sort of a, a flip as well, a transition as well, uh, the NFL Network is. So it'll be just see what happens uh, there as well. Now, Pat Beverly, speaking of Chicago people, uh, <laughs> Pat Beverly uh, was making the rounds on ESPN. He had a... Uh, he had uh, his basketball shoes. He had a white shirt and black pants. And he called uh, Chris uh, Chris Paul. Uh, I don't know what he called. He called him like, you know, a bum, you know, for all intents and purposes. And uh, yeah, he didn't mince words about Mr. Paul, about CP3. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little uh, flabbergasted by this. Now I don't know if they'll let him back on anymore on ESPN. I think he's. I think he'll be more suited for Fox, but that's another whole other thing. <laughs> but, uh, what do you think? Uh, I saw some of the um, highlights this morning, Lakina. Like you said, he was making the rounds on Get Up, and he was on that uh, annoying show that I refused to watch, but I had it on for a couple minutes today called First Take, where Screaming A. Smith and JJ Reddick. Let me tell you something about JJ Reddick. Even though he's done a couple playoff games for ESPN. I know he, they use him for studio work, including NBA Today. He's very good. I know he had a podcast for the last few years. That He is a, a very intelligent young man. I know Stephen A. tried to uh, bait him a couple of times to go back and forth with him as far as yelling is concerned. And J.J. Reddy said, no, uh, let me now uh, scoop to his ignorant level. I'll just say what I have to say, Smart make man. my points that way, drop some facts, and you go on from there. I like J.J. Reddy. Like, I really do. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's just a... Uh... Well, he's got a Duke education to show off. So I think I think his uh, I think Coach K probably taught him. I'm sure told him that uh, don't don't let him kind of bait you into doing things. That's not real, never been his style. So it'll mm-hmm. be yeah. So uh, they did a really nice job, and they the 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 uh, the Pat Bev thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just I don't know. He's an interesting character. I'll say that, but I'm sure he'll be getting a lot of. Um, sort of inquiries about perhaps maybe doing television in a few years if he, when he does retire, but it was just interesting. Or do a podcast if yeah, he's not doing it, was, it already. It, it, yeah, he's probably more suited for that, I think. That's probably yeah. more suited for him to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That way he can kind of go, you know, go, you know, free flowing. He can, he can curse, he can do whatever. So I'm thinking it's probably the route he goes. But uh, yeah, if you call him Carver, he picked up Draymond Green. Could he pick up Pat Bev? Mm. Just throwing it out there. Hmm. I got to marinate on that for a second. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting if he does that. But uh, yeah, I, I think a podcast is probably more will suit more for what he wants to do. So I'm thinking that's probably more his style. But again, that's just me. Yeah. And here's a quote from Pat Beverly. He was on uh, Get Up this morning, aka the Mike Greenberg show that I call it. Uh, him and JJ Ray were debating about uh, Chris Paul. Uh, uh, should he or should he not been benched for Game Seven last night? Here's the tweet from the NBA on ESPN. Uh, Pat Beverly says that the Suns should have benched Chris Paul instead of DeAndre Aiden. In quote, they benched the wrong person. They should have benched Chris, and that is cu- the courtesy of Get Up on ESPN from this morning. I mean, uh, look, he wasn't Aiden was doing very well either. So I don't know what would have been <laughs> what would he have picked up on. That's, I mean, I know it looks like CP3 might have been banged up. I'm sure we'll probably find that out eventually. And mm-hmm. I don't think Aiden wasn't really helping much either. So I don't know if that they were kind of stuck. Mati was probably stuck in a uh, rock in a hard place, I feel like. Yeah. But no one played well for the Suns. <laughs> they, yeah, it just it just wasn't in for the cars for them. So unfortunately, but you know, it is what it is. But uh, 
you go, uh, I got to revise my uh, NBA finals uh, prediction since I had Heat and uh, Suns initially. Now I got to revise that. I'll say Heat and Warriors just because that was like my plan B anyway. <laughs> you think the executives over at uh, ABC would be happy about that? Heat and Warriors? I think so. You got, you got like top players on both sides. I mean, the Heat are a draw. So are the Warriors. Oh, what I mean, you think Boston? You think Boston, at least in terms of market size, would be a bigger draw? Well, I mean, look, I mean, when the Heat played the Lakers on the bubble, I mean, okay, yeah, it was the Lakers, but I think <laughs> more people were probably cheering for the Heat. <laughs> so, you know, it was definitely kind of like it that that, that rated pretty well on uh, ABC. So I don't see why the Heat, the Heat were, the Heat have always been a draw for years, even, you know, even after LeBron and them, you know, you know, broke up. So I, I find it kind of silly that the Heat are not a draw. I think they are. They've got, you've got the, you've got top players there. No, Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you got the rich history, you got the stories and such. It's been a few years since they've been. It would be a few years since they've been in the Eastern, uh, the NBA Finals, I should say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you're, you look at uh, Dallas. I mean, you got Luca. So I, I think, look, I think if you're uh, ABC, I think you'll be happy whatever the combination is for the uh, for the finals. All right, we'll see what happens as the conference finals for the NBA, both the East and the West, uh, kicks off tomorrow. The Eastern Conference. Finals kicks off tomorrow on ESPN Wednesday on TNT for the Western Conference Finals. You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here with you wrapping up uh, today's show. We have a couple of minutes left. Lakina, I want to pay tribute to a legendary sports weekly show that aired on Saturdays in most markets and it's on Sundays in other markets. Uh, it, this show is not what you think. It's called This Week in Baseball. That's right. Remember the late, great man, Alan, Alan's voice. Turn them out, y'all. This Week in Baseball. <laughs> Pardon my imperson- bad impersonation. But This Week in Baseball, abbreviated as TWIP, is an American television series which focused on Major League Baseball highlights. Broadcast weekly during the baseball season and in the second incarnation uh, prior to marquee MLB games and during rain delays. The program featured highlights of recent games, interviews with players, and other regular features. The popularity of the program, best known for its original host, New York Yankees play-by-play commentator Mel Allen, also helped influence the creation of other sports highlight programs, including the ESPN Sports Center. After its original second-decaded run from 1977 to 1998 and gaining a revival in 2000, which, which it was aired on Fox prior to Saturday baseball afternoon baseball coverage. TWIP is, was discounted at the end of the 2011 Major League Baseball season and replaced by the new program MLB Player Poll. When Commissioner uh, Bowie Kuhn first took office in 1969, the only weekly showcase of Major League Baseball was the Saturday afternoon game on NBC. On the other hand, National Football League had produced its own syndicated highlight shows called This Weekend Pro Football using this in-house unit of NFL films. In response to its competition, this week's baseball premiered in its first run syndication in 1977. The show was originally hosted by longtime New York Yankees announcer Mayor Allen. The program was typically picked up by stations that also had television rights to Major League Baseball franchises like TBS in Atlanta, KTTV in Los Angeles, and, of course, WGN here in Chicago. Web will also aired on owned and operated NBC stations as a prelude to sorts of NBC's Game of the Week ca- telecast. According to Kurt Smith's biography on Mel Allen's entitled The Voice, the Mel Allen's Untold Story, when NBC lost the rights to the Game of the Week to CBS in 1990, 
Twib uh, scans a strong uh, after the 89th season. Uh, Twib proceeded to either lose their markets or move to a weaker off the independent stations. Even more so, Twib was now uh, was now under the CBS umbrella, averaged a one to two rating in several places, airing at midnight, opposed to uh, airing uh, on on uh, doing Saturday afternoons in many markets. And so, uh, Lakina, it was a great program. Just just a, a couple of the notes here: where Mel Allen died in 1996. Uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, the recently retired at that time, Isaac Smith from the St. Louis Cardinals shortstop Hall of Fame shortstop took over in 1997, and it was it was ended in 1998. Of course, Fox, as I mentioned earlier, uh, picked up the broadcast uh, prior to mm -hmm. uh, prior to their Saturday afternoon telecast. It actually did very well for a whole decade, and it so did. and so that uh, that's uh, my tribute to old school TV shows for. Uh, this week, this week in baseball, uh, actually, there's a few episodes that are up on YouTube right now. Go catch them when you can. They actually had their very first episode on YouTube. They have a couple ones from 1989 featuring that Chicago Cubs NL East uh, division winning team. And they have a segment on the White Sox as well. I'm not going to say what it is. You got to go find it for yourself. But this week in baseball, I remember watching it every Saturday on WGN on Saturdays, especially after Soul Train. And, of course, they aired it sometimes on Sundays before the, the leadoff men mm -hmm. for, uh, for their Cubs telecast. So it was a very good program. It actually brought back some memories when I was watching it over the weekend. And so uh, it, this show, as um, mentioned in, the, in that article that I read from Wikipedia, inspired on shows like ESPN Sports Center, mm -hmm. NBA Inside Stuff on NBC. Of course, Fox had their program, which didn't last that long, called NFL Under the Helmet. That I it was only that. lasted for a, short, uh, for a short time. And, of course, ESPN had um, the NHL production show. And I actually mm -hmm. love this program called NHL Cool Shots. It yes. ran from the late 90s to the early 2000s. So this week in baseball was a standard for for weekly syndicated shows that uh, that that dedicated to their specific sports. It was just like Inside Stuff. It was a PR uh, piece uh, for uh, for Major League Baseball. Yeah, and it's definitely you know, I, I watched a little bit of it too because I remember it came on like at twelve thirty, like you said, right before the leadoff man on Sundays. But then sometimes it would come on. I I think at about like twelve o'clock. I think after Soul Train, I mm -hmm. actually have to turn back and well, forth. Well, twelve thirty, yeah, around yeah. in there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I have to turn back and forth between I think because American Gladiators kind of came came on during that. That's right on too. Channel Fifty now. Yep. My network TV, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, whatever. It's, well, yeah. WPWR TV. Yeah, the power know, the station. Old, <laughs> the power station, as they called it back in the day. It was, oh. I think we're, we're aging ourselves, Sid. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, look, it was such a great, I think it kind of started the trend of, like you said, of the baseball tonight, of the NBA inside stuff and everything mm -hmm. like that. Now, this is, this is before uh, YouTube and TikTok mm -hmm. and Twitter and Facebook. I mean, the internet the, in general. Yeah, that was like the only only way you can, you know, watch your know, highlights or little things that happen during the week on bait in baseball. So it was definitely, I think Mel Allen was sort of like a testament to that. I think that his personality, I think helped mm -hmm. you know, propel that particular show. And it just wasn't the same. Yeah. So he kind of added his little, you know, personality in, into it. But I think you miss, you miss these kind of shows now. And I feel like, especially with baseball, you want to uh, mm -hmm. get that connection with the younger viewers. Unfortunately, nowadays with like what I just mentioned, the internet and, YouTube mm -hmm. and all those things and TikTok, it's hard to kind of connect the younger viewers. If you want to get those younger viewers, get have a show like uh This Week in Baseball come back. You know, it will be network. I mean, I'm surprised they're not they're not on this. I mean, get you know, show some of the highlights, 
from you know the, the previous week, maybe have features with players and such. And so maybe that younger players, I mean, younger fans will actually kind of get into maybe perhaps maybe watching more baseball or engaging more with baseball. So these are the type of shows that unfortunately it's going to be hard to do because you're competing with so much other things, like yeah. like dozens and dozens and dozens of other things. So you miss the shows like this, you know, similar times, I guess, with all those you know, great shows. Even look, remember the old NFL uh, quarterback competition they would air about this time yeah. in the summer? Yes. You know, you remember that? You know, you miss those type of things as well. So it's got to keep people engaged even during the off season. So yeah, I think I think networks are missing, especially even the streaming networks are kind of missing opportunities to kind of try to get mm-hmm. keep people engaged. Now the NFL doesn't really have to do that because they they they're always interested like all year round. They don't have to do yeah. all that. But you know, with baseball, especially since it's still having so much trouble with younger viewers, maybe you need to bring a show like we, this week in baseball back in, now, in, in, a, fa- in a particular form. Yeah. Now to be fair. MLB does have a weekend show called Play Ball. It yeah. basically fe- features uh, today's stars and giving out baseball tips and clinics and things along that line. But as far as highlight shows and things of that nature, yeah. uh, th- th- there's a market for that. And like you said, you have more factors to compete with now. Yeah, so it's going to be – yeah, so that's probably why it's going to be hard to kind of perhaps maybe bring back a show like that. I mean, it's okay that show that you're talking about, Sid, but again, it still it doesn't kind of have that it doesn't get that sort of pizzazz like this week in baseball right. did. So it kind of sort of lacks in that. And of course, people like you know colors and pizzazz and a little bit more you know sort of intricacies and stuff like that. So yeah, it's gonna be hard. But you know, this is a nice little trip down memory lane. I know where my dad used to watch it like every week. So in the other yeah. room, because I'd be watching I hate- cartoons and stuff. Yeah, I hated that. I know in Chicago, I'm assuming in other places as well, but since we're based in Chicago, I remember, I believe it was following the strike year in 94, it moved to cable. And, I, mm-hmm. and of course, we had uh, three TVs in my house. So uh, the living room was cable. So my mom uh, was in charge of that. So once uh, it moved to Sports Channel Chicago, I believe, I couldn't watch it as much mm-hmm. when they moved off of GN and went to cable. I was so pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I still was watch. I still watched it a little bit even then, you know, back then, and when it did move to uh, the old Sports Channel Chicago. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. once it once it got taken off, WGN and some of the other networks and good to take the cable. But by by that point, I mean more people have gotten have gotten cable, so it really wasn't that big of a deal. But I think once the internet started, uh, kind of becoming more yeah. affordable like, and more prevalent. Mm-hmm. But like and I also said, other stuff. So yeah, uh, but like I said, Fox did a great job when they revived it in two thousand. Mm-hmm. And it went on for about a decade. Yeah, so I don't know why they took it off, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe they felt that it was a little bit much to try to produce it and such, or maybe there wasn't a lot of access to it. I don't know, but I'm hoping, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that maybe they need to think about bringing that back because I think if you want to get younger people engaged, I think this is the sort of type of thing that you want to do if you want to get that engagement from younger fans. Yeah, so that's our tribute to this weekend, baseball. All right, All right with Lakina, that's- wrap it up. All right, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrub McGee on the IG. I'm blended as I blend in with the uh, NFL background. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media outlets Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Catch Second City Sports on the podcast by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here live in 11 color from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more game, that's the kids would say. Catch Second City Sports live in 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, enjoy the games, everybody. Got the other conference, got the conference finals starting in the NBA, you got the conference semifinals starting in the NHL, and yeah, you got some you know great baseball, you know, to, to keep you uh, occupied through you know throughout the week. So make sure you guys check that out as well, and also to uh, congratulations to Novak Djokovic who wins, I believe this is his fourth uh, Rome uh, Open title. We were in the clay court season. You got the French Open starting in a couple of weeks, so. Definitely, uh, I'm sure that definitely helps him with his confidence. And he'll be able to play with the, the French Open as well. And but you know, but with that said, you know, enjoy the games, everybody. For Sid, I'm Lakina. If you're not gonna get vaccinated, wash your hands and be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Enjoy the games, everybody. How about that? Holla!